Chapter 1 From the time I was five, my mother would send me from Berigsas to spend the summers with my grandparents in Komyati. The open fields, the river, and the forest of this Ukrainian village became my playground. The color of the wild flowers, the feel of the forest, the sound of the water, the humming of the insects, the warmth of the animals, those experiences became the play from which I learned so much. I rose to the rooster's crowing and roamed everywhere until dusk. What seemed strange at first, the people, their clothes and habits, quickly became familiar. Their language was Ukrainian, but Bobby spoke to me in Yiddish. No, not Hungarian or Ukrainian, said Bobby. You must learn Yiddish. Soon I could ask questions in three languages. In 1939, when I was nine, the impending war in the rest of Europe still seemed far away from us, and my mother had sent me to Komyati to spend the spring holidays with Bobby and my older sister, Roji. Mother, not wanting Bobby to live by herself after the death of Grandpa Rosner, had decided to send each one of us five girls, in turn, to stay with Bobby. She started with Lily, the oldest. Lily, however, didn't last long as Bobby's companion. She met her husband, Loyosh, in Komyati, and, after a summer romance, was married at sixteen. Then it was Roji's turn to join Bobby. Like Bobby, Roji thrived on the farm. She shared Bobby's love for the animals and the fertility of the fields. Life in Komyati was predictable and simple. The climate and the seasons made the decisions for the inhabitants. At twelve years of age, Roji knew that she wanted to live with the land. She wanted earth, not cement, under her feet. A few days after I arrived, a major battle over disputed borders broke out between Hungary and the Ukrainian resistance fighters trying to hold on to their independent state. Bobby, Roji, and I could hear bursts of gunfire from the border most of the day. The women, children, and old people huddled together in their small, whitewashed, and straw-thatched houses. The animals had been gathered and locked in the barns. Bobby sat in her chair in the kitchen with her shawl around her, fingering the worn pages of her prayer book as her mouth moved in silent prayer. Roji sat beside her, crocheting. I was frightened and cried, wishing I were home in the safety of my own city in Hungary. Bobby's house seemed small and exposed, set in the midst of her flat fields. The fence around it was only waist-high, and the gates were without locks. The front porch didn't have a gate and led right to the kitchen entrance. The kitchen was the center of the house, flanked on each side by a bedroom. The larger of these served as dining and sitting room, as well as our bedroom. The guest bedroom on the other side was used mainly for storage. None of the rooms seemed very secure to me. Anyone could easily enter any time. I want to go home, I said. Don't be afraid, comforted Bobby. Nothing bad will come to us. Our house is full of his books, and they'll protect us. 
I wasn't completely reassured when, toward the end of the day, I heard a rowdy bunch of victorious Hungarians march up the road. I ran out with my long, knotted scarf of red, white, and green and tied it to Bobby's gatepost as a welcome sign. The village was kept awake long into the night with the sounds of celebration coming from the tavern. Bobby lit the kerosene lamp and let it burn until I fell asleep. In the morning when I awoke, I immediately went over to the window and looked out. I was curious to see if Komyati had changed overnight under the Hungarian occupation. Dressing quickly, I went into the kitchen looking for Bobby and Roji, but they were in the barn tending the animals. I put on my sheepskin coat.